Welcome to the Wisdom School, a podcast by the Perennial Leader Project. Here you'll find selected readings from ancient texts, clips from the In Search of Wisdom podcast, and meditations on the art of living. To learn more and subscribe to our daily newsletter, visit perennial.substack.com. If there's anyone listening, when you think of taking the time to really get clear about your goals and values, because I see this as deep work. I mean, going through is really thought-provoking stuff, uh, tons of highlights and things like that through the book. But someone listening that is maybe like doing that work is maybe that's for people that are in the second half of, of life. I have more important things or maybe see it as some sort of a privileged place to be. What comes to mind, Valerie? Um, yeah, it's, you know, I I have I have sometimes worried about that. And there is a sense in which any kind of, you know, reflective exercise about what your about your values and whether you're spending your time in the right way is a privilege. Um so people who have to worry about putting food on the table are probably not in a position where they, they can um, think about the values that are best for them in life because they're, um, they're, you know, they're suffering from deprivation of the basics. Um, that said, I don't think that this kind of reflection on values is just for an elite group. So, um, like I think anybody who has their needs met and has a little bit of flexibility and freedom in their life, which, you know, is <laughs> certainly not everybody, especially if we think globally, but it's a lot of people. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I like to think if, if the, what is it that Martin Luther King said, if the arc of history bends towards justice, uh, more people will have that, that kind of liberty. Um, and so, so I think it, it doesn't have to be quite as, you know, erudite as it sounds, you know, reflection on your values that can sound very fancy. But in fact, it, it's the kind of thing that every that people do when they think, you know, should I have a second child or should I quit my job and, and look for something better? Should I do an MBA at a night course in a night in night school so that I can improve my um, career prospects? You know, those kinds of questions all, I think, invoke um, some thinking about what we value and what matters to us. Mm. I love that. And that's a, probably a great transition into this idea of conflict. It seems like whether someone has spent the time creating clarity around goals and and, uh, and values, conflict can still be there. It seems like that maybe is a universal thing when you just bring up all of these different examples and maybe there's all these forks in the roads and decisions that we, you know, are are making. And, and conflict is a big aspect of, of the book to me. Could you unpack that a bit and why that's uh, an important yeah. idea? So on the one hand, I think conflict is inevitable. So you're not going to live a life that's conflict-free. 
but um, there are two kinds of conflict. And when those conflicts are serious enough, they really inhibit your fulfillment. And so one kind of conflict is internal. You can have the different aspects of your psyche can be fighting with each other. So, you know, you, you, um, you love to dance, but you were taught as a child that dancing is a frivolous, dumb thing to do. And so you're conflicted about whether to take your, you know, your tap lessons. Um, that, so there's that internal conflict and, and that inhibits fulfillment because there'll always be some part of you that's frustrated. Um, it's, it'll be one, one of the competing parts or the other. And then the other kind of conflict is conflict between values. Um, so, you know, you can think about work-life balance as the kind of most talked about example of conflict. I think when people say work-life balance, they typically, when they talk about life, they typically mean family. So it's like the conflict between work and family. And, you know, we're not going to give up one of those things, but you can think about those values in ways that make it more difficult to put them together in the same life. Or you can think about them in ways that um, that fit better together and results in less frustration. Um, so I think, you know, I, I guess the, the take-home message is conflict decreases the fulfillment that I think is essential to living a good life. You can't get rid of all of it because we just are the kinds of beings who are going to have multiple values and we just can't do everything <laughs> in one life. Mm -hmm. um, but you can reduce those conflicts um, by, by figuring out what really matters to you and trying to get yourself to align with those things. Um, and also by thinking about what matters to you in different ways, like being a bit flexible about what work means and what life means when you think through mm -hmm. that conflict. And you outline five strategies that I, I think are really helpful for figuring out what matters. Uh, introspection, lab rat strategy, guided reflection, learning from others, and exploration. Before we maybe touch on, on those, I was wondering if you could maybe speak about philosophical thinking, broadly speaking, if you will, like, you know, as philosophers, at least how, you know, I'm, I'm a, the average lay person is, is not a, not a philosopher, even that cultivating that skill of, of, of thinking deeply and maybe with flexibility. I'm just curious if there's any thoughts that come up broadly speaking about philosophical thinking. Wow, that's an interesting question that no one's asked me before. <laughs> um, well, one thing that comes to mind, so and this is maybe this is a bit of a disappointing answer to your uh, deep question. But so my husband also has a PhD in philosophy, but he ended up um, not being he's he does educational research now. So he's more, he's a, really a social scientist. And he he often says, you know, the great thing I learned studying philosophy is how to tell when this is not the same as that. And <laughs> it is actually, it's a skill that we, you know, we try to teach our students and it, 
to make a distinction between two different things and to keep them distinct throughout your thinking. And actually, when it comes to values, I think one distinction that's really important is the distinction between things that matter instrumentally because they lead to something else and the things that matter for their own sake. Because I think people can get caught up with some goals that are really just purely instrumental and they sort of forget (laughs) that that's what they are. Like money. You know, I have a lot of students who you ask them what they want out of their careers and their lives and they say, well, I want to make a lot of money. And then, and then you say, what for? And they're, they're kind of like, uh, (laughs) they don't really know. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to make a lot of money, but it's really worth thinking. You don't want money for its own sake. It doesn't do any good if it just sits there. It's got to be for something for even, even if it's just for bringing you a sense of security. Um, so anyway, I guess, I guess I think that, 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 um, that ability to make distinctions between things and hold those distinctions, I, that's the part of philosophy that I, I, I think is actually quite valuable, even though it, it sounds a little bit basic, I suppose. Thank you for listening to this clip from the In Search of Wisdom podcast. I hope you found something useful for daily life. Listen to new episodes of In Search of Wisdom every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. For those interested in more tools for the art of living, consider subscribing to Perennial Meditations on Substack. Until next time, be wise and be well.